Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the season finale of Game Time Sports, where it's always game time. For my co-hosts, Danny Curran and John Reggio, my name's Nick Chickalese. This will be the last time for the semester that we're coming to you live, 5.30 to 7 on Mondays, here on WXVU 89.1 The Roar, or whenever and wherever you get your podcasts. We are, of course, thrilled to announce that we'll be back again next semester. Don't know the date and time yet, so uh, stay tuned for that, but... This will be the last show of the semester before Christmas break, and uh, we're pleased to again be joined by the third for the third time by a uh, recurring guest host PJ Hennessy. Welcome back to the show, Patrick. Thank you, Nicholas. Anytime. So, uh, gentlemen, uh, we we begin with something of a very disappointing topic, which is of course Villanova's um, really just poor performance on national television against at number two Baylor yesterday. Um, I, I, I'll be the first to admit when I make bad predictions, I predicted that Colin Gillespie and Justin Moore would combine for 40 points and Villanova win. The Villanova team didn't combine for 40 points, uh, putting, only putting up 35 in a 20-point loss. Um, Danny, what went wrong to you? What went wrong for you in that game? I don't know. I said it last week on the show. I was pretty worried about uh, this Baylor game. I thought uh, I really liked Baylor, and I thought that there was a chance they could get ugly. I don't think a Villanova physically matches up with them. And I kind of thought that Baylor's pre- uh, defensive pressure was just going to swarm Villanova's guards, who really, outside of Gillespie, he, I mean, they don't really have any any uh, premier ball handlers. So, Nova's got massive issues. I've been saying it all year. I'm worried about them. Right now, they're not a good team. I do not know how they are still ranked in the top ten. It makes absolutely no sense. But they're still number nine in the country. they got to figure this out. they got to... Ch- switch out this rotation because it's not working. I mean, Gillespie, first small American great player, blah, blah, against a really good defense and they got in his face. He could, he only got up seven shots. Justin Moore was the only guy that, that can really create his own shot against, against three athletes like Taylor. Danny, I'm going to cut you off for a second. We're having some issues with the mics here. Um, you're on, th- is that three you're talking into? Yeah, so. Alright. Uh, I'm going to turn four off. Why don't you try to swing it more towards PJ? And yeah. then just really scooch. And like, when you're working on that, like I yeah. could add a little something. Yeah, really, too. really get comfy over there. Yeah. <laughs> so, I ke- I see. I've been seeing a lot of comments about how Baylor probably played one of the best defensive games in program history, oh, which is like hard to deny. But if you were really watching the game, Villanova had plenty of like pretty open layups, pretty wide open threes that they just would not hit. Like a, a really good defensive performance isn't going to hold you to 22 percent from the field. Fields. Like it'll. Yep. A good defensive performance will hold you to, like, mid-30s, like, approaching 40. But 22, it's not the defense. Not yep. the defense. Well, it is the defense, but it's not completely the defense, right? So, I, yeah. Sorry. I, I know the announcers at, at one point, and respect out to Dick Vitale, he's a trooper. But they were talking about how, you know, Villanova were a veteran team. Like, we're, we're down 10 points or whatever, but we're not panicking. And I don't really know what he was watching, but I saw we some were pan- I saw some we panic were shots up there. You saw the classic, you know, I'm not going to call names. I guess Justin Moore, like even Colin at some points, but just heave threes just because, oh, God, we're down by 10. Like they have all the momentum, so we just need a big three. But there were so many shots that just weren't good that yeah. I saw getting thrown up. Yeah, just a really frustrating performance all around. And the, Maybe the most frustrating performance for me is Baylor did not shoot the ball well at all. Like at all. They shot... Under 40% from the game, they were 6 of 24 from 3, missing so many open looks. Uh, you can't credit their defensive performance en- enough, as John said, but, geez, man, like a lot terrible shot selection, just not converting open looks, and 
I think a lot of players deserve. I think like like this game garners a lot of criticism for a lot of players. I was shocked to see how frustrated Kyle Gillespie was um, at a, on a bad call by a ref. He's usually like composed. very composed and yeah. level headed out there. Most, like the entire team is, but especially Colin. And he's he was very upset. You could tell that he was uh, a little frazzled, but. Less so. This is less issues, less prominent when got other guys are playing well, other guys are shooting well. But I am shocked, stunned by how passive and how just tentative and afraid Jermaine Samuels has looked this entire season. And I think it really reared its reared its head yesterday when Colin, Colin couldn't really create for himself. He had he had hit a couple really tough threes, but couldn't really create for himself. Just more trouble creating for himself. And you have situations where Jermaine has the ball. In the paint or just outside the post, and he he just looks afraid, and like he's just like jab stabbing, pivoting, like sw- rocking the ball back and forth, and just passing out. He passed up several open layups for no reason. Um, one of six from the field, of two from three. Eight, he did eight rebounds, four turnovers, and no assi- four turnovers, no assists. So, just I, I like I he's definitely played very passively this season. But it hasn't been a problem when guys like Slater, or Moore, or Gillespie are really shooting well and really playing well. But when they need that third or fourth option to step up, I can't believe he's been downgraded to like fourth option. But that's what he is at this point. A fifth-year senior, he's a fourth option. But it's tough to watch because this guy, when we were ju- his junior year, he had flashes of this guy is going to be really good. And we haven't seen that so far this year. Yeah, he's really struggling. The past two games, I think the, the Syracuse game... Other Mike, Danny, that Mike, yeah. The Syracuse game in the first half, I think, just pretty much killed any confidence that he had. And although in the second half he was able to contribute with his defense and rebounding, yesterday was not uh, the best game for Jermaine Samuels. But I don't want to focus too much on him. It's time that Chris Archidak, Chris Archidakino should have played his last meaningful minute in a Villanova basketball uniform yesterday. He's averaging 15 minutes a game, two points per game on the air. In the games that they have played a legitimate team, UCLA, Tennessee, Purdue, Syracuse, and Baylor, he has a combined three points, scoring three against Tennessee. He had eight against uh, Daunting St. Joe's, six against National Powerhouse LaSalle. <laughs> Daddy, I'm sorry to cut you off again, but you like the mic, you really got to get in there. Four against Final Four contender. <laughs> there you uh, go. Powered. <laughs> powered. So, Excellent. He's dudes. playing meaningful minutes against good competition. And he can't contribute. He's literally just a fifth guy out there. Who he's can't he can't defend. He can't dribble. Like Colin Gillespie's the only ball hander Villanova has. He he can't score. And I don't want to hear he's a good shooter. He's shooting twenty eight percent from the field. Twenty five percent. He's made twenty nine percent from three. I mean, he's made one three pointer against Tennessee in a, in a twenty point win. Like you can't have a guy playing fifteen minutes who literally is. Just is just a complete and utter liability who can't put the ball in the basket. I don't mean to rip on him, but he's a junior now. Like, we know what you have in him. I get it. His brother won a national championship for you five years ago. Move on. You shouldn't be on the team. Please play the freshman. I have been saying it for weeks. It's killing me. Uh, yes, I'm not going to rip on players specifically because I think the coach puts him in that position. It's not Chris Archinaco's fault that he's not born to be a Villanova basketball player. But uh, Daniel highlights a larger point yesterday that the bench had six points. Which is not good enough. So Villanova's bench is just not good enough to be an elite team, in my opinion. So if you want to go back, last year Villanova played Baylor in the Sweet 16. And Villanova only scored 51 points in that game. So 51 versus 36 is not, like, that huge of a difference, in my opinion. So, like, that we could have almost seen that coming. 
But also what strikes me is for Baylor in that game, they obviously won the national championship. The uh, They lost four starters from that game compared to this time. So this time they played Villanova with only one starter that played in that game, and they still dominated Villanova. And two guys off the bench in the Sweet 16 game started for Baylor this game. So Baylor as a program has just reloaded better than Villanova has, and they're 3-0 against Villanova in the last three years. The first uh, year was a competitive game, but think about that. Baylor wins the national championship, loses four starters, and is now reloaded and is the number one team in the country and miles clear of Villanova. And I guess if you want to talk about Villanova's outlook for the rest of the season, I think they'll probably still win the Big East. If we want to celebrate Big East titles, fine. But if we want to talk about actually winning a national championship, I think it's pretty clear that this team cannot win a national championship because they've played the best they've played three great teams Purdue UCLA and Baylor and they've lost all three so like there's no oh we played them close or oh we played them close no the goal is to win and Villanova on their day cannot beat the elite teams in college basketball this season and that's what my takeaway was from yesterday's game to say that they can't haven't won which is obviously accurate is different from they can't win they can't win nobody can create their own shot uh, Colin Gillespie I can that. I don't see it happening. Well, I think and I if, also don't think they're going to win the Big East. If we stay six deep, there's no way we're winning even the Big East. See, I think Seton Hall is going to run away with the conference if we're six good, deep for the rest of the good season. Good luck playing UConn six deep. So good UConn, luck throw Chris Archer. You're throwing him in yeah. the fire. If he's and with the, the latest poll, we've got four Big East teams that are ranked right now. We've got Xavier at 22, UConn 20, and Seton Hall. I think they're at like 16. And somehow we're still in the top 10. I agree. But let's face it right now. Baylor, they're a good team. Like They probably deserve to be number one. But a kid with a gray afro from England shouldn't be locking down our point guards. Like, we, should, we should be better than that. We should be able to put up more than 36 points, which I think is the lowest ever at, under Jay Wright at Villanova, or at Villanova, like in a game. And it's just like not giving the defense different looks. Like we made Baylor's defense look like an NBA def- defense because they're facing the same exact, or the same five, six guys. Like huh. suddenly Daniels is thrown in there. I mean, Arch, I mean, he's... He's a better basketball player than me, I'll give him that. But he's not like he's not gonna beat Baylor. He's not gonna help us. And Dada, we love him, but maybe it should have been his last like maybe he shouldn't have come back, just being frank with you. He looks like he hasn't played in two years. And then under that you're just you're just not developing any of the freshmen. Like Trey Patterson got one minute in garbage time, you got Longino getting two. So they really gotta start working the freshmen, I think. Yeah. I'm what is Brian Antoine's injury? Like, That's obviously, I know he's hurt. They need to get him back. ASAP. He's the third highest ranked recruit in the history of the university, and he's barely played due to injury. If he comes back, he can be a game changer. But he's got to like hit the courts soon. I mean, whenever he played, all I saw him do was go run to the corner and pass the ball to Gillespie. So I don't know when this guy comes back, what impact he'll make. He'll, he has like five career points at Villanova, and I mean, I, I'm right, I'm sorry for <clears throat> criticizing a kid, but. You're 18 years old. You should not be injured. Like, I don't understand. You're in the peak prime of your athletic career. How are you injured at 18 years old with phantom injuries that don't even happen in games? I think uh, to expect something from this guy coming back, I think, is not going to happen. He's not going to be a difference maker. Yeah, this is an article from a week ago on VUHoops.com, and it says that uh, Jay Wright was quoted saying that Brian still seems a ways away from getting back, and they're taking, like, a gradual approach with him with a 20-year-old. I mean, come on. You're 20 years old. Get in there. At the time he was recruited, he was the highest-ranked recruit uh, in his class for the Villanova era. Um, But, yeah, according to 24-7 Sports, he's the third highest in the history of the university, and he's barely 
70 minutes uh, due to just chron- persistent chronic injury. It, it's unfortunate, but you got you got like Danny has been saying, kind of got to look around the room because six guys it, it can't work. You can't play six guys, and uh, you you just can't. You got I'm with Danny. Try the freshman. It's not working with Chris Arch. Uh, we've all been saying it. All three of us have been saying rotate in the freshmen in these big five games and these non in these less important non conference games, and they haven't been doing it. I, I I don't know. Obviously, we're not privy to what happens at practice, how they compete in practice. But it, 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 the Chris Arch six man the six man rotation with Chris Arch occasionally something isn't working. But honestly, one of the things that really frustrated me yesterday is like that was the first time all year I've seen Villanova get outworked, and that's like. The, I, I love the Villanova program style of play for two reasons. They, they make the smart extra pass and are ready to catch and sh- catch, ready to shoot the basketball, and they are w- they win way more 50-50 balls than they should. They, it, 50-50 balls are, usually, are more like 70-30, and that was not the case. That was the first time in a long time I've seen Villanova get outworked. When they played UCLA and they played Purdue, they, just, they outworked them. They just kind of ran out of gas down the stretch, lost the game. Obviously, you hate that, but... It's nothing compared to the frustration of your team getting outworked when your whole thing, your whole program is based on attitude and outworking the opponent. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with that take. Villanova, their whole uh, you know program, like slogan word is all about their attitude, and that's Jay Wright's thing. And you know they win a lot of games simply just by giving it 110 percent on the defensive effort on the defensive side of the floor, uh, diving for loose balls. That's kind of been the hallmark of, uh, of of Villanova's program, and then you also have the second element, three point shooting, and you get a game like yesterday where you can't buy a basket. It doesn't really matter that Baylor wasn't going to make threes. If you can't score, you're not going to beat them. You're not going to be able to win. And I just think, at the end of the day, it's still crazy early in the season. I mean, it's only December 13th. Got a big game coming up on Friday against Creighton, and I think if Nova doesn't do something quick to turn the season around. I don't. I, I just don't understand how they're number nine because I don't like the people that don't actually watch the games like on Villanova's campus that still think Jay Wright walks on water and like legitimately think Villanova's oh, they're, how's Villanova doing this year when they go home for Christmas or Thanksgiving and they're and ask how's Villanova oh we're really good we're number nine no the team's terrible I don't I don't I don't know how they're like so far they haven't looked like a top twenty five team and it's just like I don't know the future they need I think they need to get Antoine back. And then you need your your senior Dwayne Samuels has to step up. He's 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 really struggling so far this year, especially the past couple of games. He needs to get back to his old form, like Nick pointed to his junior, like that Marquette game. Remember when we were freshmen? We had like twenty nine or thirty points. Everyone was saying that's the Dwayne Samuels yeah, that could the, be a lottery the, pick. Yeah, and the, he, he he comes out every once in a while and he's just a monster, but can't can't do it consistently. And then Gillespie and Justin Moore. I mean, this is your team. You're the two best players. You got to play better. Gillespie, you get you got to get more than seven shots up. Justin Moore, I think he was like five for sixteen for five for fifteen from the field. You got to score more. I mean, they only had one guy in double digits. Throw yesterday's tape away. It was it was a disaster. I don't know how they were only down six at half. I mean, think about going in the locker room. You scored fifteen points and you're only down six. I think they were at ten. I thought it was 21 60. I thought it was 25. Yeah, I think it was 10. Oh, it was 10? But still, 10. 10 yeah. Just judging from the first. They, like, we were on still, pace for like 20 points the whole game, I think, at 10 minutes left in they the first came half. Out of, they came out of the locker room, and they, like, between the end of the first half and start of the second half, they were on a 10 2 run. I think they cut it to six. I think that's what you're thinking. But yeah, oh, yeah. like, you have 15 points in the first half, and. 
32, 33, 34 minutes of the game, you're down six. Like, that, that's part of the reason why I was so frustrated because, like, Baylor, Baylor couldn't shoot. And it wasn't, like, it wasn't Villanova's defense was particularly suffocating. Like, they were missing so many open shots. It was just... And I, I think another thing that has kind of uh, been, a, as I said, three-point shooting has been a hallmark of Villanova's program. But there are games where Villanova just, I think, lives and dies by the three. I'm not talking about yesterday. Syracuse game on Tuesday night or whatever, that was, like, they set a program record for most threes. Yeah, yeah. Attempted. Like, I think, they got it, like, the, I, think it, I think it was like 30 or something attempts before that, and we shot 50. Yeah, it was 50, 13. I mean, like, I against Syracuse, I don't have a problem with it because they're playing the zone, and you're cre- you're getting a lot of open threes. You just kind of make them. Yeah, I mean, yes. in that in that game, we actually created shots. Yeah. The one thing that was concerning, well, I guess there was a ton of stuff that was concerning in this game, but one of the big concerning things for me in this game was that we just did not create a shot. Yeah. There was – we there was nothing. And, like, like, that's a staple of Villanova basketball, and when it's not happening, we're obviously – yeah. Not good. We're looking like the old DePaul out there. Yeah. Eric Dixon needs to develop a post move that he can replicate and score with consistently because he can score from the post, but it's inconsistent. He needs to force defenses to collapse on him, commit resources, kick out, open looks. And Baylor was not going to collapse on Eric Dixon yesterday. They were perfectly content guarding him one-on-one, forcing him into uh, like a contested five- or six-footer, and he couldn't consistently make it. So that's a good point, John, about shot creation. You're right. Right now, do you guys all think if you had to bet on Villanova the field to win the Big East, you would you all take Villanova? To win the Big East? Yeah, the regular season, not the conference tournament. The regular season? Yeah. Um, I think I'd still take Nova. What are my odds? I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, I, I like even the, either way? Uh, yeah. If you had to pick a team. Yeah, even odds. Even odds, I'll take the field. If I get, like, plus 150, I'd, or plus... I'll take Villanova. Yeah, I, if I get like plus one fifty or plus one seventy five, yeah. I, I, I would take Nova. But if and it's I think, even, I take the field. I think as much as we're talking down on them right now, just because we're coming off that loss, they're yeah. still a really good team. Yeah. I mean, Danny, you say we're yeah performing like we're not a top, top twenty five yeah. team. They one hundred percent are the yeah. team that played yesterday. That's not a top twenty five team. Baylor. It's it's Villanova. Like two national championships in the past five years. Pre like they're, they're know, getting they, I, they 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 were what yesterday six. They yep. they dropped three spots after yesterday. I mean, there's teams that are going out there and winning. Iowa State's undefeated. Why are they well, like put them ahead? Put them ahead of Villanova. UConn loses one game on the road to West Virginia by two points without two of their starters, and then beats St. Bonaventure team who was previously in the rankings, and they dropped like five spots. AP poll is crazy inconsistent. I know it doesn't matter, but Villanova is not. I don't think they're playing like a top 25 team. The team that played yesterday was not a top 25 team. The team that played. That was Syracuse. Not, yeah. Syracuse is not any good. That Don't take any merit from coming back in the second half and beating Syracuse. So they, the, the, the teams that they, when they've played good teams, they've lost. And I don't know. I Maybe top 25 is, is too much, but they're, they're not a top 15 team right now. No way. You can't convince me that. UConn right now against Villanova, I would... I would take right now. I would say UConn is the team to beat in the Big East. I would bet on UConn to win. I mean, six guys are are playing. Six guys is killing Villanova in December. The end of the year, you need legs, and these guys are going to be gassed. You got you got to expand the rotation. Yeah, I think we all agree on that. Yep. But I, I don't even. Th- I don't think UConn's even the biggest threat in the Big East. I think Seton, Seton Hall is the team that scares me more, for sure. Yeah, I mean Seton. They've played plenty of good teams, and they've beat plenty of yeah. good teams this year at Seton Hall. If we want to transition over to other teams. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Seton Hall wins against Texas and at the Big House in Michigan. Lost one. Their only loss was by three points at home against Ohio State. 
in the who's now ranked in the yeah, top who's now ranked, 15 maybe uh where are the Buckeyes? unless they're like they're 15, 16 or something. They're 15, 15 who are now ranked 15 um it's just like th- this is a good team that they have here man uh yeah they kind of came out of nowhere too and that's and they they also just beat Rutgers, who came off the surprising win against Purdue, who kind of had all the fire behind them. Jared Roden, guard forward, the oh. leading scorer, seventeen and a half points per game so far this season. And here's another. And he's only shooting twenty seven percent from yeah. three. So that. If we're on the topic of like harping on the AP poll, here's another thing that just confused me about the poll that came out earlier today. How does Purdue lose to Rutgers and? Let NC State take them to overtime, and they only dropped to three. Yeah, I don't get that. They were they were one, and now they're three after, like they should they probably should have lost to two unranked teams this week. Yep. So I'm just gonna put that out there. I mean Purdue they beat us, but I mean I, mean, I put yeah. UCLA ahead of them. I put the Zags ahead of them. Yeah, I agree. I mean I know you got it. Like, Gonzaga's played the toughest. Oh, and schedule. Bama Bama being behind Gonzaga doesn't make any sense either because. Well, I think the whole the whole well, circle eh. between UCLA, Gonzaga, and Alabama haven't they all played each other? Yeah, it's and it, some and I think the ranking is just all wrong with them. Zag, yeah, the Zags beat UCLA and are behind them, and yeah, Alabama yeah, beat Gonzaga. It, it'll all work them. itself out once we get yeah. into conference play. Did UCLA play Alabama? I don't think they did. No, no, no. So yeah, but uh, yeah, it seems it does seem really inconsistent to me because it seems like you're rewarding UCLA for beating Gonzaga. Um, by putting them in front of them, yeah. but you're not rewarding Alabama for beating the Zags. But and if you want to say like, oh, Gonzaga would beat Alabama on a neutral floor if they played again, prop like probably, yeah, fine. But I would say the same thing against Gonzaga against UCLA. So yeah. <laughs> some internal logic would would be nice. Uh, I, I don't know. UCLA also has the Nova win, which is a good win for them. But yeah. Uh, Conference play starts this week for the Cats, as Danny mentioned, at Creighton on Friday, and then they host Xavier on Sunday, I believe. Yep. Yep. So. And I haven't been following Creighton at all this year. I don't know if you guys have, but I think they, I think in the, like the Big East Big Ten yeah. thing they were doing, they beat. Did they play Nebraska? I forget. They uh, played Iowa State. They lost. Oh uh, well, Iowa State's been on a heater. Uh, yeah. But, they, uh, uh, they did just they did just go and beat a very a really really solid BYU team though. They won by twelve. Really? Yeah. So they're yeah. Now the Big East is going to be brutal yeah. this year, and it's gonna it's really going to be a yeah, test for I, Villanova to see like what this team actually is. Yeah. Like, <sighs> give me UConn. I think we're going to come back in March. UConn's going to win the Big East. Wow. UConn cannot shoot the ball. Daniel dislikes them because they're big and tall. That's it. Yeah. I mean, if like I said, if I could pick one team to win the Big East, I'm still taking Villanova. But if you give me the entire field right now, like obviously I'm taking the field. I think it's, a, it's a fair statement to say that Villanova can win the Big East, but has no chance of winning anything else. And there's good teams, and then there's really good teams, but Villanova is definitely not in the top tier. We shall see. Uh, yeah, they lost to 19. Yeah, they're uh, they lost. They did lose to a Colorado State team, somewhat inexplicably though. Who did? Creighton. Yeah, well, it's Colorado not, State's at 23 yeah. now. It's, they're not, it's not inexplicable. Yep. Colorado State's undefeated, and they're a very good basketball team. Really? Yeah, they're actually good. Wow. Mountain West represent. You'll see that on Tuesday, December 21st, when they take on Alabama. Yeah. Tuesday. Mm. Who is this, who is this got, kid, David Roddy, dropping 36? Jesus Christ. Did you guys see the end of the, uh, the um, Alabama-Houston game on Saturday night. Oh, wasn't there that, that ball, the bad uh, 
goaltending, like controversial goaltending call. And then I saw Houston was like throwing trash all over the yeah. court after Houston, that. Houston was not <laughs> I, like bad. I saw like one kid like clean up like the chairs and like the trash after like his coaches yeah. like. Oh, but then lost you have all lines. the Alabama fans talking about class. Like, please. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that's a conversation. I don't think it was. I don't know. I thought it was clean. I don't. It, the ball definitely wasn't going in. I didn't. I, I, doesn't matter. I don't remember the play exactly, but it's still an interesting ending. Two good teams. Yeah, two really good teams. That was the uh, end. Of the, the last ten minutes of the game was crazy. Um, but yeah, got to be Creighton on uh, Friday, or else things could get start going south uh, yeah. really quick. Because Xavier, Xavier's on what is that twenty first? That uh, next Monday. Uh, that's at home. Yeah, uh, I think it's I Tuesday. Th- I, is it Tuesday? Yeah. Um, Tuesday, yeah. yeah. That's here, but yeah. again, all the students are going to be so gone. All the students so. are going to be gone. That's Still going to be sellout. I mean, so, yes, yeah, but it's not, the environment is not going to be as hostile. We'll yeah, yeah. I mean, like, knock on wood, like, Villanova hasn't lost a game in the pavilion since we played. So, this is a crazy trivia question, but the last game Villanova lost at the pavilion was against Furman. Oh, I remember that. The OT the, game. The, like, that was freshman yeah, year. Yeah, I wasn't even at that game. So yeah, the only like, game. Are you sure? Yeah, it's the last game they lost at the Pavilion. They've lost home games, but they're oh, yeah, lost Fargo. Fargo. Yeah. So they've won 26 in a row, I believe, at the Pavilion. Um, their only losses since we started were Michigan and Furman. <laughs> Jeez. Just, I, I still can't believe they lost to Furman. <laughs> it's been three years. I still can't believe it. Yeah, freshman year at the beginning. The team was really, really struggling. <laughs> they lost to Penn when JQ said a second choice for a reason. Yeah. Furman oh, got their doors blown off by Michigan. Uh, forget who. That was, was such a hot ticket, too, to try and get into that Michigan oh, yeah. game. And they, the that, that game ended. That game was over in four minutes. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I think they're in our time on campus so far, there have been like three complete blowout games that we remember. First was Michigan. Second was Ohio State. I think that was their yeah, sophomore year. I remember we did the that show. That was another game that was just we, over. Yeah, we and did Baylor, the show, and we went. Baylor yeah, win. Yeah, Baylor t- this week. Yeah. We did the show, and we went down to the pit to try and watch the game. And we got to the pit like five minutes, like five ga- actual minutes, not five game minutes after tip. And like it was like, oh, this one's done. Yeah. <laughs> Ohio State shot like 60% from three. No, we yeah. couldn't buy a basket. Yeah, that was a disaster. The Michigan game was by far the worst one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that was also the first game. Well, I campus was buzzing. Too. Campus like was everyone, buzzing. Everyone defending was national champions, it. rematch of the championship, first big game of the year. And it's the new, the new, new arena. Yeah. It's pretty much the opening of the new arena. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you, you don't consider Morgan State no. <laughs> uh, the opening of the new arena. No. I didn't get a free T-shirt at the Michigan game. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Take what you will there. Take what you will from it. All right. Um, top of the hour, pretty much. So uh, time for a quick station ID. Villanova University's WXVU Villanova. Online at wxvu.villanova.edu. On air at 89.1 on your FM dial. Or stream us anytime, anywhere on the Radio FX app. This is Father Peter, and you're listening to V891 The Roar. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. Now I'm, you know, trying to get better, stronger than ever. 
Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. The cheese it bowl. All right, we're back. Um, Going to move on to college football. Army, Navy, just real quick. 16th in a row. 16th under hitting in a row. 16 straight years of the under. That is unprecedented. And uh, they actually threw the ball like a lot. Like for an Army Navy game, it was an air raid by their standards. But when I was watching, I could see a lot of shotgun. Yeah, it was not not the typical Army Navy game in terms of pass. I think we saw something like fifteen combined pass attempts, which is obviously sounds like nothing, but usually see three. Um, yeah, and I think that's like the hundred twenty second straight time that America's won. So go ooh, USA, USA, USA. All right, uh, moving on to college football. Just uh, PJ, you mentioned there's some bowls that you wanted to highlight before we get to the uh, college football playoff. Yeah, I just wanted to give a nickname to a bowl, and that would be the uh, Oregon-Oklahoma Bowl as the no-coach bowl. Yeah, the no-coach bowl, baby. <laughs> uh, as both of their teams have lost their coaches and multiple recruits uh, in the last few days on Twitter. Um, I also want to talk about the Cheez-Its Bowl. That's an interesting one, uh, Clemson against Iowa State. Iowa State is now a one-point favorite. I just can't wait for Dabo Sweeney in his press conference to say how uh, great opportunity is for his guys to go take in the experience of the Cheez-Its Bowl. <laughs> I just cannot wait for that, a program that has won national championships over the last five years. Uh, and a down year is now going to something called the Cheez-It Cheez Bowl. Bowl. And then, uh, obviously, as a Notre Dame fan, the uh, Fiesta Bowl is a big opportunity for Notre Dame to get a marquee win, its first New Year's Six Bowls win uh, in a long time, the new coach Marcus Freeman to uh, keep the momentum going. So those are the uh, three bowl games that I'm looking forward to, the no-coach bowl, Dabo and the Cheez-Its Bowl, and then uh, yeah. Notre Dame and the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, I just uh, want to talk about some of the New Year's Six Bowls um, before uh, outside of the playoff. Uh like you mentioned, PJ, great opportunity for Notre Dame to play Oklahoma State, and this is the rare Big 12 team that actually plays defense, however. So, uh, going to be interesting to see. Is Kyle Hamilton going to play or no? No. Him and Karen Williams, their two best players, already both have announced they're not playing. They're going to the draft. They played their final game in Notre Oklahoma Dame. State uniforms. Yeah, Oklahoma State lost their defensive coordinator. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how much defense. Notre Dame doesn't have a great offense, but no. Oklahoma State, we'll see how good, great defense, a big, bad Big 12 has to offer. No, they, they don't, nobody plays defense in the Big 12. It's flag football. Notre Dame does not have a good offense, and I wouldn't be surprised if they hang 30 on them. No. Uh, I do not like Oklahoma State's defense. But Mike Gundy, I like him. Seems like a good coach. So should be a uh, hopefully a competitive game. Um, but I'm also excited for Ohio State-Utah. I think that's going to be a really yeah. good game. Yeah, I think so. The Utah and the, um, the Utes with two adventure. incredible just performances in a row against Oregon yeah. at home. Oh, yeah. And then uh, – in the uh, Pac-12 title game, just winning by a combined 60 points, I believe, over the two games uh, to earn a spot in the Rose Bowl against the Buckeyes. Uh, obviously, Ohio State falling a little bit short after losing the game to Michigan, and they're uh, going to be in the Rose Bowl instead of the playoff. That's a good one. That's that's an opportunity. I, I know Utah had the wins against Oregon, but this is an opportunity for a like the biggest win Utah has had in a very long time against, obviously, a real-name brand in the Buckeyes. Try and garner some respect for the Pac-12 moving forward. And uh, yeah, I, I just I just like how they play them, and I love their off, I, I love their offensive game plan. Just, yeah, Utah can uh, use a similar template that uh, Michigan used to beat Ohio State. So they kinda, Utah kind of plays in a similar way as Michigan, so they can definitely have success against Ohio State. And also... Uh, going back to the uh, Utah-Oregon blowouts, I think if I'm an Oregon fan, I'm fine with uh, Mario Cristobal leaving. I mean, we played Utah twice. We lost by a combined seven touchdowns. Like, get out. I'm not paying you $10 million <laughs> to keep you from going to Miami. So yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. If I'm an Oregon fan, I'm fine with starting over. Give somebody else a chance. 
get somebody else in here who won't lose to uh, Utah by seven touchdowns. Yeah. I think uh, I think Mario Cristobal, though, is going to have a good opportunity to do very well at Miami. I feel he fits yeah. the culture well, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami gets pretty good. But it's obviously one of the bigger jobs in, in the sport. Starts with recruiting, got to dominate your uh, state, and then you go from there. Yeah, that's the probably that's one of the toughest states to dominate with uh, some other obviously oh, yeah. contending with Florida and FSU. Not to mention some really solid um, power a group of five teams like USF and UCF. But obviously, um, the the Gators and the Seminoles are the big brands there. I think uh, one thing that I just want to point out that I think is interesting is we go Saturday, January first. Got obviously the New Year's Six, Six Bowl games, and you get a couple days off to watch the Texas Bowl, and then you get you come back on Tuesday, January fourth. Monstrous LSU Kansas State Tax Act Texas Bowl, then you get another week off for the national championship. What's What's your favorite bowl name? I think mine's bowl. probably it's, che- it's got to be cheesy. I think it's got to be the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Sponsored by Frosted Flakes. The Sun Bowl is uh, electric every year. Yeah. It's on CBS every year, like two o'clock. I yeah. love the Sun Bowl. Yeah. The Washington- Duke's Mayo Bowl. Yeah, it's I mean. Was- it's Washington State Miami, so uh, <laughs> gonna be a good opportunity for him. You also have to uh, always love the. Uh, let me see what it's called. The Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, mm-hmm. and uh, Army gets a gets a shot at SEC Powerhouse Missouri, uh, Wednesday, December twenty second, yeah. in prime time. So I, we always love the uh, Armed Forces Bowl where the. Uh, the academies get a chance to play uh, Power Five schools. How about a? Uh, yeah. uh, in all seriousness, though, there is one other before we get to the college football playoff. I'm very curious to see Michigan State versus Pittsburgh. Uh, two players, a player on each team that I think should have been a Heisman finalist. Um, obviously, Bryce Young winning, well deserved last night. Um, saw a lot of people complaining that Corral didn't win, which I don't get, but. Yeah. Uh, I think Corral and Walker should have both been finalists. Corral was, Walker wasn't. That kind of blows my mind. Walker finished sixth, um, but uh, you you have teams that were, I believe, I believe Pitt, was Pittsburgh ever a top ten team? No. Okay. You have two top fifteen ish teams playing a, a class a, a team that loves to pound the football on the ground with Michigan State. You have a team that loves to sing it around with Pittsburgh and Matt Corral. So I'm curious to see that one. Uh, not Corral. Sorry, I can't, I can't believe I said Corral there. Jesus Christ! I was uh, I my other tab. I was looking at um the Old Miss Bowl against uh, who are they playing? Baylor. Old Miss Baylor. Yeah. So Kenny Pickett. Hottie excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Ball I think. I, yeah. I think Old Miss is gonna run away with that one as well. But uh, yeah, Kenny Pickett of Pitt, not Matt Corral. Pardon me. Kenny Pickett, Heisman finalist. Um, I'm very curious that one, but. Moving on, gentlemen, by the next time we're on the air, we will have a new national champion in college football. Uh, obviously down to the four teams, Bama, Michigan, Georgia, Cincy. I would love to hear each of your predictions for the bowl games and your national champion. And uh, maybe a little explanation as to why. I'll go first. I think uh, I'm rooting for Cincinnati to beat Alabama, but ultimately... I think Alabama's going to pull this one out. Uh, I don't think this is a typical Nick Saban team, not a great, not necessarily a great Alabama team. So if Cincinnati is, you know, even close to legit and they show up, I wouldn't be surprised if they cover the spread, which is, uh, I think, 14, 14 and a half. But I, I think Bama's going to win. I, I just don't see any way since he pulls the upset. And then in the Georgia-Michigan game, I don't really understand how the spread is like seven Two and a half. half after I the thought, performances Michigan has just put together. Yeah, Vegas clearly... Vegas has liked Michigan, though, for, uh, you know, 
a good portion of the year. So I'm just kind of surprised with how tall that spread or how big that spread is. But I like Georgia. Uh, I think I want to propose something to, to head coach Kirby Smart. I think you got to uh, ditch uh, Stinson Bennett and put JT Daniels in because he was your quarterback going into the year. He got hurt. He was your starter. And then I think Bennett kind of just beat up on some bad competition in the uh, bottom tier of the SEC. And, you know, an offense that was led by their offensive line and running game, I feel like that was exploited uh, last Saturday against Alabama. I would go back to JT Daniels. So I'm going to I'm gonna take Georgia to beat Michigan, and then in the national championship, Georgia-Alabama. Uh, I think it's tough to beat the, the same team twice, especially a team of Georgia's caliber. Games will be a month apart. I'm going to go with Georgia to pull off because I think Alabama will be uh, favored. I'm going to take Georgia to win the national championship. Um Alabama was obviously the better team uh, last Saturday, but I think without their their star wide receiver, is it is Williams or or Mechie's hurt? Mechie's uh, ACL, I think ACL, so, but he's done. Because Williams was the one. Williams was the first team All American. Yeah, he was the, he was the one that got tossed against uh, Auburn, I believe, in the Iron Bowl. Okay, and then Met, but Mechie was the one who got. Who was hurt. the one who had the the slant for a touchdown, like seventy yards? Williams. That's Williams. Yeah, yeah, that's their best receiver. <laughs> but um, yeah, Bama's gonna be tough to beat. But I'm gonna go with Kirby and the dogs in this, and in, in, in the to, to take the uh, national championship. Nicholas, these predictions have to be uh, not biased. No, you can be biased. Uh, we're gonna be biased. Uh, as a Notre Dame fan, we are going with Alabama to beat Cincinnati. Uh, I don't know how Notre Dame ever loses to Cincinnati. That should never happen. And Cincinnati wasn't even that good that game. Notre Dame just sucked. I do think for Cincinnati, their two best players are like their cornerbacks, or so they have a chance to maybe cover Alabama's wide receivers. So maybe it doesn't get out of hand like Alabama and Notre Dame did when Notre Dame really had nobody to cover Devontae Smith. And same thing with Ohio State-Alabama. Ohio State had nobody to cover Devontae Smith. So maybe Cincinnati can hold up on the back end and not give up, you know, 80-yard bombs. Uh, Georgia-Michigan, uh, we're going all in on the Wolverines to beat Georgia because Georgia laid an egg against Notre Dame, uh, against Alabama. It did not help Notre Dame, so I'm not happy about that. So I am all in on Michigan to beat uh, Georgia. They both play similar styles of football, so... I'm a little confused on how I don't know. I'm gonna have to see how Michigan draws up some plays because I don't know. They both both teams do second and seven HB dive, so I don't know how that's gonna work for Michigan if you're doing second and seven HB dive against Georgia. So that might not work out too well, but I think uh, Coach Jim is gonna put a good game plan together. And if you look at it, Michigan should be 13 and 0. I mean, they kind of dominated that Michigan State game and kind of unraveled in the fourth quarter. But I think Michigan is uh, has a chance to beat Georgia. And I think I'm gonna take them to beat Georgia. So I'm going to have Alabama against Michigan, and then I think it ends there for Coach Jim. I think Coach Saban gets uh, back-to-back rings. And I guess if you look at it, Alabama has the best coach left, and they have the best quarterback left. So I think that is a good combination. And, yeah, okay, Alabama lost receiver, but, I mean, they're recruiting wide receivers at 247.com sports. looks pretty good. So I think uh, Coach Saban will be just fine getting a, a freshman ready to play in 30 days to face Cincinnati and then in the national championship. So I think – I'll go with Alabama and deserved Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young to win it all. Yeah, the first first game, Bama Cincinnati. As as fun as it would be to take Cincinnati in that game, like it's just too too much of a power difference between the two. I think the sports world got its like huge upset out of the way with the Amanda Nunez fight on Saturday. Yeah, that, now, was, you know. that was something. <laughs> what was the what was the line on that? Do I you think know? I think she was favored by like minus a thousand. Oh my god! So that was like one of the biggest upsets in a long time, but 
to the to the college football point, I'm taking the Crimson Tide there. I mean, no second thoughts about it. And then Michigan, Georgia. I think that's going to be a really good game, obviously. But I think that Georgia's honestly going to pull through. Uh, their defense is just too great. And honestly, part of me feels that Michigan's got its great wins out of the way, and they might lay an egg in a game because we haven't really seen that uh, in the past couple of games. And then Bama, Georgia in the final. Uh, I really want to take Georgia because, but Danny already took it, so I'm going to make my argument for Alabama here. So I if mean, you, if you if you want to take the dogs, take the dogs. No, I mean, it, again, it is hard to beat a team twice in Georgia's defense. Like I think Georgia, my argument for Georgia would be that they really needed their that one loss just because they weren't really tested before and like that was their test and they kind of know what standard they have to perform to now. But I think that Alabama just looked too good. Like they're just completely in form at the end of the season here. It's it's playoff Bama mode, playoff Saban, and I'm gonna go with the Crimson Tide again, winning it all. Yeah, I don't think you just learn how to cover Jameson Williams overnight. So might be hard to beat a team twice, but I mean, what are we gonna do to cover that guy? Yeah, I don't see it. And Maybe. then also, I like to see uh, droughts or streaks or however you want to put it that are negative continue. So Georgia hasn't won in 30 years. I think it'd be boring if Georgia won. I think every year it's more. It's, it's a better storyline if Georgia just has all these five stars and loses every year. They've won a title since, like, 1982. Yeah. In the last five years, they've been kind of knocking on the door, knocking on the door. I just want to see the drought continue, so I don't care who stops them. I think it would be hilarious if they lost because if Georgia gets a national championship, then who's the next drought that, I mean, I guess Ohio State wouldn't have won it, a major team that hasn't won it in a few years. So, I don't know. I'm kind of looking at Georgia, and it's kind of their time to win one, and I don't want them to win one because I think it's – be better if by 2026 they still haven't won one and they're still getting a top three recruiting class every year. I think that'd be hilarious. Yeah, um, that's a good point, Patrick. A lot like of the Cubs, the Cubs, like, wouldn't it be so funny if the Cubs were on year 117? I, I was about to say that. Like, it's way better when those teams just don't win. So I, I don't want Georgia <laughs> to win. I mean, to be fair, when they were playing the Indians, now Guardians, um, the, the Indians also haven't won in like 70 years. Yeah, they're the, I think they were the 40s their last time. So yeah, I think that yeah, they, I think Bob Feller pitched for the Change last it to Bob like Feller. marquee names like the Cubs are marquee the Indians aren't really marquee. yeah that's fair I mean you hear you rightfully heard a lot about Michigan's futility against Ohio State for years Georgia has not beaten Alabama in a very long time they uh I think that their last six tries they're 0 for 6 um including obviously a couple SEC championships and a national championship so coach Kirby not able to get has not been able to get over the hump yet um I'm going to start with Michigan-Georgia in the semifinal because I think that's a more interesting game. This game's going to be one in the trenches. Um, Georgia's pass rush has been an absolutely electrifying unit, and I know that Bryce Young faced a lot of pressure, and I, I know that Michigan's quarterback is not the Heisman Trophy winner, but you got to be able to put the guy on the ground, man. They had zero sacks, and they were not able to create negative plays in that SEC championship game. So. They have to be able to press the quarterback, and they also need to be able to stop um, stop Michigan's run game uh, with uh, Hassan Haskins. Obviously, monster game against Ohio State with the five touchdowns. That game's going to be, one of the, like I said, one in the trenches. And then on the Michigan side, you have a Heisman Trophy finalist on the defensive line. Um, had an absolutely – his stats kind of belie how good he was this season, kind of drawing a lot of the Aaron Donald treatment of just – getting doubled on every single play so he's an absolute game wrecker that Kirby and the dogs are going to prepare for um, I kind of like Michigan in the upset I'm not going to lie uh, 
I've been doubting this Michigan team for a while, but the performance they just put together against an Iowa team that, uh, obviously not a great Iowa team, but the, the thing against Iowa was you cannot run big plays on this Iowa team, and they were just just 60-yard touchdowns, 70-yard touchdowns, 35-yard chunk, 40-yard chunk, like over and over. They couldn't stop them. So I think that Hutchinson and that defensive line gets after whoever Georgia starts at quarterback, whether it's Bennett or um, their original starter, I think they create some turnovers, and I think Michigan comes away with the upset. Um, Alabama and Cincinnati. PJ makes a good point about the corner, Cincy's corners. A lot of the reason why Alabama just steamrolled everybody last year was they had if Devonta Smith on one side of the field, yeah. who's number 10 overall pick, and if Jalen Wild on the other side of the field, who's the number 5 overall pick, and both have been like really good in the NFL so far. Jalen Waddle's second in the NFL in catches, by the way, behind only Cooper Cup. But, so, while you're down Mechie, you still have your number one guy. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, one team is the Alabama Crimson Tide, and one team is the Cincinnati Bearcats. I, 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 good like, analysis. Cincinnati has been <laughs> technical. Like, you can't say enough about the performance Cincinnati, what Cincinnati has done this year, but the talent gap is just unreal. Um, I can't believe the spread is only 13.5. I can't believe it. Well, I agree with Danny that the Michigan-Georgia spread is a lot taller than I would think. This is this spread is way too skinny. I said it last week. I'll say it again. If I if I had to wear if I had to eat some crow, if I got to wear some egg on my face, fine. Alabama is going to win. They're going to cover. They are probably going to cover an alternate spread of at least of 21. As I I like Alabama by three touchdowns in this game. This is talent. Just the it, the talent gap is just. Unbelievable! You have team. You have a team that's struggling to win against Navy or at USF against the team that just absolutely demolished the on paper most talented team in the country. Alabama is going to steamroll them, and that will be the end of all. Eight, that will be the end of all Group of Five talk in the college football playoff, unless it expands for quite a long time, as well it should. But I, I, I do want the playoff to expand, but I really do. But if you have four teams, I do not need one of them being Group of Five football. Okay, but the Group of Five football beat the fifth team, so who would be your fourth team? This year, there's unfortunately, there's no other option. While I agree with yeah. you, there's no other option. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right about that. Oklahoma State this was about uh, six inches for making it a lot more interesting. But, yeah, I agree with you that there's no real option for it this year, but let's uh, – come on. Just, the, I think the COVID year helps these teams now too because they basically have like a bunch of older guys. Yep, the guys that are just not going to the NFL. So I agree with that as well. But yeah, but that's not sustainable. Yep, I think I think this game is going to be the death of a of pa- group of five teams in the playoff for quite some time unless it expands. And I think most fans, us all, us all four included, wanted to. Uh, national championship, Alabama against Michigan. Get, I, that would be a really, really fun, exciting game. Alabama's offensive line—we've seen them struggle. Played when we see them play, we've seen them struggle. We've seen them play well. Really, just played really poorly against Auburn. Almost lost them that game. Couldn't. Bryce Young was running for his life in the entire game. I believe he was sacked seven times, and then keep keep his jersey clean. Zero sacks uh, in the SEC championship game. So I think that's the X factor. But ultimately, I just think too much speed um, from skill position players in Alabama. I think they win. A game against Michigan that's reasonably close, but not. I don't think it's going to come down in the last five minutes. I think, I think they win by ten or so points. 
So you got. So we have two Alabama. Wait, John, who you took Alabama? Yeah, it's yeah Alabama. we have three, three Bama Alabama. and you're Georgia. <laughs> One's Georgia. Okay. And yeah, d- yeah. And PJ and I, do- PJ and I picked Michigan to beat Georgia. So yeah, I can't ever do that. So I know you can't. I know um, you can't, buddy. I'm excited though. I hope yeah. I, I kind of do want a rematch of Georgia Alabama because it would be interesting to see if Kirby can make some adjustments after the SEC title. And see if he can finally get over the hump. Yeah, but this is. I mean, he's like. I'm gonna be rooting like hard for Cincy. I want Cincy to to win it all. Like I'm gonna be rooting for Cincy. Okay, you you love like a tragic underdog. You really yeah, do. I do. Wearing I his Detroit Lions hat and his Detroit Lions laptop decal. Um. Yeah. No. I want. I'm. I'm pulling for Cincy. I think they gotta. They gotta. They gotta keep Bryce Young on the sideline for as much time as they can. Yep. But Notre Dame's approach that they took when they tried to beat Alabama last year was just keep everything in front of you, try to run the ball, stay on the field. Well, that's great and all. you got to outscore them. So yeah. since he's going to have to be aggressive, take yep. shots down the field, Alabama doesn't have a great defense. Um, yeah. And their their best players, is, yeah, as PJ said, this corner, Sauce Gardner, he's a beast. So if he could lock up uh, Williams, I don't, I don't know if it's possible to do that, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. I, if Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati needs to get off to a uh, – they got to get off to a fast start. Yeah. The way the way I really see this game going is I I, I think you're right I think they like try and pound the rock keep the ball away from Bryce Young I can just see it so clearly in my mind whether it's you know, Alabama wins the toss they defer to Cincy um, keep the ball away from Bryce Young they score a touchdown on the opening drive Alabama answers and then Cincinnati has like this really long 14 15 play drive that ends up in a field goal. It's the end of the first quarter, start of the second quarter. Alabama's down 10-7. People are like, "Okay." And then Alabama scores a touchdown on a 45 second drive and then just runs them out of the building after that. I can see, ha- I could what's literally What's your halftime score, Chick? My halftime score is uh I'm going to say 24 to 10. 24 to 10 then the interview Nick Saban at halftime and Coach Saban says, "I have a lot of football left, you know, there's no scoreboard in this game. We're going to keep on playing, keep making plays." I, something I, like that. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> something like that indeed. I can I can see it so clearly that like they're like oh like we're keeping the ball away from them we're keeping the ball away and then Alabama flips the switch and uh, that's that's goodbye Cincinnati Bearcats but yeah so uh, moving on to the NFL uh, kind of a unique week for us just because we're gonna be missing a lot of games before we're on the air this week but I want to still want to start with a Monday night game tonight an absolute blockbuster the eight and four Rams traveling to the desert to take on the ten and two one seed NFC Cardinals. Um, Kyler Murray and his sec- Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins both in their second back game back from injury. Um, kind of underrated how dinged up this Cardinals team has been and still found ways to win. Um, I think it just says a lot about their roster depth. I think it says a lot about that Kyler Murray has absolutely no MVP case. But uh, really just critically important game for the Rams. Uh, they already, obviously, already lost the Cardinals once this year. And... After their three-game losing streak against three good teams, beat up a really bad Jaguar team, and they they gotta they gotta win games. Um, the division is not out of play yet, but a loss tonight um, wins the NFC West for sure for the Cardinals. Not mathematically, but in all effect, the NFC West would be won by them. Uh, we've talked about how it's tough to beat a team twice uh, in college. Same obviously applies in the NFL. But this this Cardinal team is just top to bottom, just so good. And uh, another primetime game for the Rams and Stafford kind of that melted down a couple weeks ago when they were Monday Night Football. I think they'll play better, but I still like the Cardinals to win tonight with yeah, all that I, in mind. I think one big thing to consider tonight is 
I think a couple of Rams are in the COVID protocol. So I think t- tight end Tyler Higby's in the – he might have COVID right now. So I don't know if he's going to be available. And, and Ramsey. Yeah, Ramsey. Yeah, and Ramsey. Ramsey has COVID, which is huge. So they're all dinged up. But on top of that, even if they were healthy, I think that uh, – Honestly, ever since that, ever since that Robert Woods went down with his injury, yeah. and he's out for the season, they just haven't proven that they can beat a good team. Oh, yeah. I mean, you beat up on the Jaguars, sure. I mean, everyone does that. But I mean, you lose to the Packers, you lose to the 49ers, who have been pretty hot. You lose to the Titans. I mean, they just haven't proven to me that, especially if if it's the beginning of a season, it's a completely different story. But this is not the beginning of the season. The teams have both been battle tested, and and the Cardinals have come out on top. So I'm I'm going with the Cardinals too. I, I will say this, though. The Robert Woods injury was bad, I, like really bad for the team. But Odell Beckham Jr., um, the guy got thrown in the fire against the Rams. I mean, against the Niners. Like, clearly, it, it, like from watching the game, he, like, broke off a route that led to a Stafford interception. Kind of clearly didn't know the playbook. He's had a month now in L.A. Um, I'm very curious to see how well he performs tonight um, against a, a pretty good Carl defense. Did. When did the Rams have their bye? Uh, I think it was four or five weeks ago. Okay, all right. So they didn't have the bye week in there, but he it's he's been with the team a month now. They've uh, he's played three games with them. I think he's gonna have a big impact tonight. Was, I think it was after the 49ers game actually. Okay, if it was after the Niners game. Yeah, it was after then, the yeah. Niners. So you've had a bye week and two games with the team now. So he's uh, he should be fully acclimated to the system. I think he's gonna have a big impact tonight, but I I still don't think it'll be enough. I still like the Cardinals to win. Um, yeah, I think that's an interesting point about Odell. Uh, let's see, he's now had a month. Oh, Danny, you, <laughs> you don't believe that. You don't believe that one bit. Oh, no, 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 no. It's just because once the excuse is that any Giants fan can barely hold on to that Odell's still a lead and all this is like, oh, he's just got – he's on a new team, hasn't had time. Now it's like, okay, if he doesn't do anything like certified bum loser, like get over it. Not any good anymore. Not free Odell, nothing. He's awful, okay? So, like – He's got the rest of the season to turn this around and start playing like, you know, an all-pro caliber receiver. And, uh, yeah, because Giants fans are still saying it's Odell, free Odell, he needs a quarterback, all this stuff. Stop. Cooper Cup has 200 catches for 4,000 yards. I don't think anyone that's saying free Odell anymore is saying it seriously. I think people are just kind of <laughs> messing with you about Stafford. Um, so, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to take the Rams. I think having uh, Jalen Ramsey out is huge. Uh DeAndre Hopkins is going to be in a lot of, uh, or was supposed to be in a lot of one-on-one matchups with Ramsey. Yeah. Hopkins is also dinged up though. Yeah, he's going to play, but he's still up. playing. Yep. Um, but as we get later on in the year, I mean, pretty much everyone's hurt right now. Is Chase Edmonds back? Was he up. back last game? Uh, I don't know. Or is James Conner still the only? Yeah, back James there? Conner's. But he's been having a good season he's been too. Having, he's like up to, up towards the lead in uh, touchdowns across the entire league. Yep. Um. But I think, uh, yeah, this game would pretty much wrap up the NFC West for the Cardinals if they were able to win to uh, get to 11-2. and two. And I, I, one thing that was interesting, do you guys see that when they asked like Cliff Kingsbury about his Coach of the Year candidacy? He said, like, every year. Bill Belichick should win. Bill, Bill Belichick. <laughs> I mean, Cliff has we, – we all haven't been high on him throughout his uh, time in Arizona. But we were definitely wrong because he's got this Cardinals team playing at an elite level. And although they do have talent, you got to – tip your cap to Kingsbury because he was part of assembling the team and seems to be a pretty good offensive uh, offensive coordinator, good play caller. Um, and 
the Cardinals are playing at a, at a Super Bowl level. So should be a good game. I'm going to take the Rams. Uh, Stafford, I'm curious to see how he plays. Um, I'm also I don't know what uh, – because he obviously hasn't performed great over the past month or so. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious to see how he plays. I don't think he's healthy completely, but he's out there playing right now. Uh, I'm interested to see at the end of the year if he was – True. If, if there's an injury that came out, like it always does, it can never seem to play out. N- never seem to be completely healthy. I'm also interested to see if the Rams' defense can get back to. I mean, they were the n- number one defense in the NFL last year, so they have the potential. Without Jalen Ramsey, it's going to be tough. But I, I say the Rams went on the road. Cardinals don't really have too too big of a fan base, so I don't think yeah. it's going to be that. I feel like the Rams <laughs> travel pretty well, so I don't think it's going to be that loud. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I'm going to go the Rams in a close one. Yeah. Um... I don't really like the uh, the injury talk. You're already hedging your uh, Rams future picks by saying Stafford could have an injury. I mean, everyone has injuries this time of year, and I read that Aaron Rodgers is playing on, like a broken toe right now, so I don't want to hear about injuries. Um, i got to be honest, maybe it's because it's finals week, but Arizona Cardinals football does not move the needle for me, so I'm not all that interested in this game. Uh, so I don't really care about the outcome that much. Uh, the only stat that matter that... Uh, uh, resonates with me right now is Matthew Stafford's record against winning teams, so I think he needs this win more than the Cardinals do, and I think it's a more important game for the Rams than the Arizona Cardinals, and when the Arizona Cardinals play in the playoffs, I will want them to lose, because I'm not a fan of flag football, I can watch that on watch that on sun, on Saturdays at the college level, and I'm not a huge fan of Kyler Murray, so if and when Arizona ever plays Green Bay, Tampa, or Dallas, I'll be rooting for all three of those teams, because yeah, Arizona Cardinals football not going to get me to the TV screen when I have to study for finals. Yeah, all right. Um, good to do something a little different today. Gents, if you could kindly pull up the AFC standings on your appropriate devices while I vamp here a little bit. So there are three teams in the AFC I'm confident are making the playoffs. The New England Patriots, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Titans, I think, just have too many wins. I think they just, like, nine wins. They still have a game against the Texans. Um, they just have too many wins. They're going to make it. Four through 13 could all reasonably make it. And the only reason I'm lumping it, 4 is 8 and 5, and 13 is 6 and 7. So this is not over by any means. The only reason I'm lumping in the Ravens with the rest of these teams, by the way, is the Lamar Jackson injury. Um, we've talked about it pretty much every week. Another major player gets hurt. Marlon Humphrey, all-pro corner last week. Lamar Jackson, not known how serious his injury is going to be yet, but he had to be carted from the bench to the locker room, so not looking great. Um... Of the so we have guys we have here ten teams for uh, for four spots. Can we just make it nine teams? The Raiders are not doing anything. They just lost by thirty nine. Okay, fine. We can we can chop the Raiders from it. Thank you. Sure. Of these bubble team, and I especially want to focus on the bu- the teams from that are between se- that have either seven or six wins, excepting the Raiders, because um, I think I think the Dolphins do have a chance. I think the Dolphins like legitimately do have a chance. Of these teams, what team are the what teams are you the most confident will make it, and what teams are you the most confident will not make it? I'm gonna go first. Give you guys some time to think. I am all in on the Indianapolis Colts making the playoffs. Their defense is playing at such a high level. Um, Jonathan Taylor playing absolutely out of his mind behind one of the best offensive lines in the, uh, in, in the league. Um, some legitimate questions about the outside weapons uh, for the Colts this year. T.Y. Hilton um, has been dinged up. 
and then uh, Zach Pascal, I believe, is their wide receiver too. You have Jack Doyle, the tight end. Um, solid players, but not superstars by any means. But their uh, their offense just wins game wins games. They're very defensively. They're very turnover dependent. They will force turnovers, but they're gonna have a tough time beating you if they're not setting up their offense with good field position. But I think their defense is just playing too well. I think Jonathan Taylor is running the ball too well. I believe they have another game against. Do they play the Texans again? They do not. They play the Jags again. They play the Jags and the Raiders again, which should both be wins. Uh, if they can try and win one game against either the Cardinals or the Patriots, that'll be tough, though. But I just think I just think they're playing a really high-level football right now. It's not a team that you want to play in the playoffs. And although I, I've been very critical of Carson Wentz, he's been very solid. He's been he's been good this year. Like I I gotta give him credit. But come playoff time, I would take pretty much any other quarterback in the field that I, I I'd take. Except maybe Mac Jones. Not to discredit Mac Jones. Mac Jones has been really well, but he's like just kind of like he's been a cog in a very good team. Yeah. But I'm looking. I would take Ryan Tannehill. I would take. Um, I, I would take Tannehill, Allen, uh, Burrow, like just uh, just about anybody really on um, these French teams. So I'm really confident. But I am really confident in the Colts to make it. Um, the team that. Despite at seven and six, will not make the playoffs. The Denver Broncos got to eat an intermediate amount of crow on this one. When they were three and zero, I said they get to seven wins before they got to seven. I said I'd said they got to seven losses before they get to seven wins. Was really close to that happening. Uh, they're at seven and six right now. Had to put your fate in the Lions for that one to come yeah. through. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I didn't look down the line and realize that was going to be the Lions the deciding game. I, I didn't think they'd beat the Chargers. I didn't think they'd win at Dallas. So I didn't think it was going to be an issue, but. Uh, you have games against the Chargers and the Chiefs. Um, they're not. I really. I know the Chargers. The Chargers are the most inconsistent team in the NFL. But I don't think the Chargers will lose to them twice. Not beating the Chiefs. Um, gonna have a tough one at home against the Bengals this week. Uh, just offensively, they don't have anyone who really impresses me. I know Noah Fant's pretty solid, um, but they just don't have a single player that I'm blown away by on, on offense. They traded their, their heart and soul of their defense. I know they're playing for Demarius. I know they're going through that tragedy right now, but there's just not enough talent. They're not making it. I guess for me, I will go with the 7-6 uh, and six team to not make it would be the Bengals. Uh, I think there's still a bit of a work in progress, and if you look at their schedule, they've lost four out of their last five home games, so that is not playoff football. And their remaining schedule is at Denver in the altitude, so I haven't looked at the spread, but I would assume Denver is favored, and they are by a point. Uh, home against Baltimore, I guess we don't know what Baltimore is going to show up. Home against Kansas City, and then at Cleveland, so that's a tough schedule, so I'm crossing off the Bengals pretty confidently. And then, unfortunately, I'm going to put the Bills in there. <laughs> at, they're at 7-6 and six right now. I think by default they got to 10 wins. I mean, Carolina at home, that's ridiculous. I mean, who's Carolina's quarterback? Can't say I'm watching Carolina football. Do they have Cam Newton playing quarterback? I mean, they had got a, an XFL again. guy, or it's it had a kind of a carousel it's a Canadian of football guy. I mean, where are we getting yeah, our quarterback from? It, it's there? it's kind of let's trot Cam out there, and then once he goes five for twenty-five with thirty yards and two picks, let's try and see what so, PJ Walker. So the know. Bills will win that game, and then they play out the Patriots. I'm pretty confident the Bills will lose that game. Then they finish at home against Atlanta and at home against the Jets. And when I look at Atlanta, somehow they're in the hunt in the NFC. I have no idea how that's possible because they are such a bad football team. They're at 6-7. and seven. I mean, how have six teams lost to that team? That is that's insane. Uh, yeah. So I think the Bills automatically will get in, but I think they will lose in the first round of the playoffs. The, the Falcons could, like, they get the Lions at home, should be a win. 
and they have the Saints at home, and I have no idea who's going to show up for the Saints. Like they've been absolutely horrible at quarterback. Uh, they could really make the playoffs. Just uh, yeah, that that the home loss to the Panthers. I that blue games at home to the football team and the game they probably should have won against the Panthers. If they won both those games, they would. Yeah, but yeah, their wins this year not the most impressive group of teams. Um, beat the Giants on a last-second field goal. Beat the Jets. Beat the Dolphins when they were struggling. Uh, beat the Saints, uh, I believe, in the Trevor Sunian's first game of the year. One at the Jags and one at the Panthers. So not world beaters by any stretch. But I'm going to take, um, as I said on last week's show, the Colts were my kind of dark horse Super Bowl pr- uh, team to come out of the AFC. Uh, I think they have one of the most complete teams in all football, so I'm going to take them to make it. I don't think the Broncos, Raiders, or really the Steelers have much of a shot. I just think those teams are very, very limited, especially the Broncos and Raiders. Um, the Dolphins, I don't think they have a chance either at 6-7. and seven. I think the AFC North is obviously very interesting because we don't know the extent of Lamar's injury. The Ravens are saying that they're hopeful that he will be able to play against uh, Green Bay this week. Um, I, think, I think the Ravens are... Although they have a really tough schedule to close out the season, uh, Green Bay at home, at Cincinnati, Rams at home, Steelers at home, I think the Ravens are going to find their way into the playoffs. And, I, and then the second team I will take from the AFC North, is I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. I agree with PJ that the Bengals have kind of had opportunities to separate themselves from the rest of the teams in the AFC North and have failed to do that, losing back-to-back games at home. Yesterday, obviously, tough loss in overtime to a uh, – up-and-coming 49ers team. So I don't think the Bengals are going to make it. I'm going to go with the three – I'm going to say Ravens win the AFC North, and then the three wild-card teams are the Cleveland, are the, uh, Cleveland Browns, Indianapolis Colts, and then I'm going to take the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. At, I actually think the Titans are going to win the division – or the, the Colts are going to win the division because I think the Titans are terrible. I'm rooting against the Titans actively. Uh, I think – I, mean, I the ti- I I I'm why sorry. Do we, hate the Titans? we don't like Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, Danny. I I don't see it happening. The C- Titans have the tiebreaker over the Colts. Um, they play the Texans, which I, I they're not losing the Texans twice, so they would have to. They're, they're gonna have to go one and three. They're, they'd have to go one and three. They'd the have Dolphins to get to swept up. by the Steelers, Dolphins, and Niners, and then you need the Colts to win out. I don't see that happening, but. Uh, the Colts could realistically lose their next two games. I think they're a good team. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with anything you guys have said, but I think it's, a, it's yeah, they an could. Uphill, uphill slope for them to win the division. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. I, I also am looking at it right now. I think the Bills, I mean, we don't know the extent of Josh Allen's injury because he's also hurt, but their schedule, they have th- three quality opportunities for to get easy wins over the Panthers, Falcons, and Jets all yeah. at home. So I think the Bills, even if they do lose to New England – uh, next week, that's ten wins. That puts you at ten and seven. I think that's going to be enough to yeah. get in. So maybe I subtract one of the teams in the AFC North because I, I do think the Chargers are going to make it. Yeah. I think the Chargers can get to eleven wins. Yeah. I think uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take out the Browns. I guess I think yeah. the Ravens are the only team from the from the AFC North. I think the Ravens are they're so depleted. They like I, I I give them all the credit for hanging in there, but like eventually like you're you're just like running out of quality talent. Well, who do the who do the Ravens have left? On they the schedule. Really, really tough schedule. They have a brutal they have a, schedule. They could they pa- realistically lose out? Yeah, I think yeah. it's Packers, oh, yeah. Steelers, Rams. They're probably going to be, un- not gonna be underdogs against Green Bay. They're probably going to be underdogs against Cincinnati. I don't know. I mean, yeah. the Bengals, like, 
they I feel like they literally just throw a like throw a dart the dartboard and like okay like yeah. um, losses at the Bengals and at the Jets getting blown out by the Browns getting blown out by the Chargers and then you, you know you dominate the Steelers you dominate the Ravens in Baltimore you lose to the Packers because you're you can't buy a field goal um, the you the Jags give you a heart attack at home. Just like they, they are the like, the Chargers and the Bengals are the most inconsistent teams. So tough to forecast either of them for sure. But yeah, Danny, I can't like the Colts have been playing really inspired football. Um, it's been cool getting kind of an inside look into them through the midseason hard knocks. That's been really fun to watch. But they, I can't see them beating both the Patriots and at the Cardinals in the next two weeks. I can't. That's that's gonna have to happen for them to win the division. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, a stretch, but I like throwing out bold, bold predictions, hot yeah, takes. Fair and, enough. Uh, I'm rooting for the Colts. Yeah. Just that, I agree. The hard next thing has been cool to watch. Um, but yeah, I think in order for them to win the division, they obviously have to to, to win out. Starts next. They're, wait, no, this week with on Saturday night yeah. uh, at home against the Patriots. That's gonna be a really tough game. Yeah, really important game for both teams as the Patriots battle for the number one seed and. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, the good, good. Wait, John, did you give yours? I'm sorry. No, I'll just. No, give yeah, sorry, sorry, You guys sorry. like explain like every team here, and I agree with a lot of it. But I think the Ravens are going to drop. I don't know if they're going to miss the playoffs because I think they just need to win one game, pretty much of the four to miss the playoffs. I mean, make the playoffs. That'll put them at what, like nine and eight. Yeah. And I don't know. You, you think a nine and eight team's not going to going to miss it? Because I think Baltimore's got some good wins too. Yeah. But I mean, the the Chargers. I think they pretty much have two default wins in there, and then I'll put them at ten. They've got a. Uh, I think they'll kill the Texans uh, in Houston, and then they'll. I think they'll definitely win one of either the Broncos or the Raiders. Don't don't put it past the Chargers to just show up and absolutely lay an egg against an inferior opponent, though. Yeah, but I think that they can also light it up against a good team. Yeah, too. that's like they're they're one of those streaky that's teams tough. that I think will get in there. Uh, the Bills. They've got three pretty much guaranteed wins. I hate to say guaranteed wins, but I mean, you've got the Panthers, you've got the Jets, and who's the who's the third one? I don't think the Falcons. Falcons. The Falcons is not a gimme the way the other two. No, are. I think against. I think are. the Bills are a good. I, don't, well, I, don't, I think the Bills are getting some flack. The Panthers, they they got Cam Newton right though. Did they not get him? MVP. <laughs> Yeah. The, okay. The yeah. We'll, we'll see if Cam Newton yeah. shows up against the Bills, and then we'll. <laughs> we need. We'll have a different I'm going conversation, to that game but. on Sunday. I oh, refuse to watch Mitch Trubisky versus uh, <laughs> Cam Newton. Josh Allen has to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, to that point, that'll put the Bills and the Chargers both at ten wins, and then you'll you got your top five pretty much situated there, and then I think if the Ravens just win one more, that'll either put them at six or seven. And then it's just a question of like Colts, Browns, Bengals. I think the Browns are done, and I think it'll be between the Colts and the Bengals, in my opinion. Yeah. The Brown, the Browns have they had that win over the Ravens recently, but you know, my one thing with the Ravens is that Lamar's injury it's a it's a shin injury, right? Yeah. It's something with his leg, and if Lamar's like on a if on, if he's on half a leg, I mean, that's half his game you're taking away. Like yeah, more probably yeah. probably more than half. <laughs> yeah. yeah, threat that's around, so. let alone the actual running itself. I, I like I like the Browns to uh, make the playoffs. Uh, if you look at their schedule, like they've only lost to, like really good teams and really good organizations. So I don't think they're gonna lay an egg like at home against Vegas. And I think they play good discipline football, run the ball, and play good defense. Uh, good some has some good pass rushers. So I like I like the Browns to make the playoffs. Yeah. 
Tough, uh, you're playing playing at the Packers at the Steelers. It's going to be very interesting. Um, these teams are definitely stressed. If you're feeling stressed from classes or finals, join Campus Ministry for a taste of mindfulness meditation on Mondays from 1 to 1.30 during the fall semester. Sessions are on Zoom. Contact Campus Ministry. But I just wanted to talk about uh, – I just wanted to talk about uh, going circling back to the Patriots and how important this game is for them. Ladies and gentlemen, the – the Kansas City Chiefs are back. They are oh, yeah. so back. This uh, The offense has finally woken up after a couple weeks of uh, sleepwalking through games, and the defense has been playing really good football. Um, this team, I, I cannot express strongly in, in strong terms, strong enough terms how much this team is coming. It is absolutely imperative for a team like the Patriots to try and lock up the one seed so a potential matchup would be at home and to get and not, not only to just get the bye, this is the best team in the AFC. They've always had the most talent, and they're now start, starting, finally starting to play like it with their sixth win in a row. Um, they they just seem to be getting better week to week. As I said, the defense has really impressed me. Haven't given up, have not given up, have given up twenty or fewer points every game in the, during their six game win streak. They are coming. Look out, the the AFC is. Deep, but not particularly strong, and this is a team that I could see if they are hot in the playoffs. The ASC playoffs are a snooze fest, but we really? shall see. I, yeah, you know I like the Chiefs as well. Um, I wouldn't say after this, the Raiders are just awful and have quit on the season, and their defense is not any good. One of the worst in the NFL. So over the past two months, the Chiefs have showed up offensively twice, both against the Raiders. I'm still concerned about the Chiefs' offense. Their defense has been playing great, and we all know the potential of the Chiefs' offense, so I do think the Chiefs have to be considered the favorite in the AFC. But ultimately, I don't think I, I, I don't think the Chiefs scare the teams in the AFC like they used to just because their, their offense just hasn't really – Mahomes hasn't had a – I mean, he's still putting up good numbers, but from Mahomes' standards, he, he's not having a monster year. They don't really have a great running game. Clyde Edwards-Elair hasn't been able to get – it's been on and off the field with injuries and hasn't been able to get anything going. And then, I don't know, you've got talent. You've got Tyreek Hill. You've got Travis Kelsey and Clyde Edwards. I mean, they have so many good players that there's no – and a great play call on Andy Reid. So it's kind of confusing as to why the Chiefs' offense has been a little bit down this year. But a big game coming up this week against the Chargers, and I think if they win that one, they're probably going to win out Yeah. Thirteen and four, so yeah. I would see that as the one. Seed. We like. I was just gonna say we like bold takes on the show. We like spicy takes. Yeah. Chiefs have lost their last game of this season. Uh, I I don't agree with that. Uh, let's if the Broncos keep winning and that's a meaningful game, I think going into altitude will be uh, tough on the last week of the okay. regular season. Okay. For that. Okay. Fair enough. If I will, the Chiefs have lost their last meaningful football game where they try. Yeah. The Chiefs I mean, have lost the last. I, I will amend. The Chiefs have lost the last game where Patrick Mahomes actually plays in the second half until 2020. I think the Patriots really match up really well against the Chiefs. Patriots have one of the best pass defenses in the league, and if the game's in Foxborough or in Kansas City with inclement weather, Patriots just show that they can win a game without throwing a pass. (laughs) That's true. The Patriots are on a roll. They probably have the coaching edge in that game, definitely not the quarterback edge. On the road, I agree with Nicholas. If the Patriots could use home field because we don't know. Mac Jones has looked great this year, but we don't know how he'll respond in a road playoff game environment. Both teams would have to win two games, or I guess one team would have to win two games, the other team would have to win one to get to that point. So we're a little ahead of ourselves before that matchup actually happens. 
because it is the NFL and anybody can be anybody on any given Sunday. But I think you're making it sound way easier than it's going to be. Oh, absolutely. I think if the Chiefs win, if they don't get the first seed, if they win three AFC games, at least two of them will be by one score. Yeah. And if they win two games, at least one of them will oh, be no, by one score. Oh, no, it's it's absolutely a hot take. Any of the They could lose any of these games. They could The defense could randomly regress. The offense could not show up. But this is the best. This is the most talented team in the league. And I feel like pe- I feel like when they were struggling early in the season, people forgot that. And it's it's time they remember this team is coming. I think coming is like someone that hasn't done it before. <laughs> yeah, like com- they've already came. It's just I, I, I get what you're saying, but like you have to pick like like the Chargers or fine, some, some fair hot, enough, some hot team, the Cardinals, somebody, someone that hasn't done it before. But I agree with you. I, I I see what you're saying, but the Chiefs have won a Super Bowl and have been to like two others. Fair enough, but I like I people were, I don't want to say wrote them off, but explored them missing the playoffs as, like, likely. Yes, that was definitely overblown. Yeah, that was, yeah. The Chiefs, uh, so you think they're your Super Bowl prediction? Yeah, they were my preseason pick. I got, you got you to gotta dance with the girl you're brought with, so okay. I, I'm going to stick with them. Yeah, I, I still want, I'm still pulling for the Colts. Um, the Colts, I guess, would be coming. If yeah, you, you fair enough. Yeah, By Patrick's yeah. definition, yeah. Yeah. There. Um, but yeah, the AFC North. I'm really interested to see who if if they do get two teams or if they just get their one division winner. But I really want to figure out the extent of these two and in, two major injuries. Uh, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson got to yeah. figure out if they're yeah. both healthy because yep. we could be talking about two irrelevant teams if they don't have their start. Yeah, if if Mitch, if Josh Allen is significantly hampered, like I mean, still like I I I know Mitch Trubisky did not. Is not like a world beater, but with that with that roster, Mitch Trubisky should still be beating the Panthers and the Jets. Like, I agree. He's still like he's not a te- could, he's not a terrible quarterback. If Allen, well, yeah, that would be. It's not like they're trotting Mike Lennon yeah. or like PJ Walker or some like horrible backup out there. We're like, talking this about guy's a former st- Pro Bowler, former Pro. Well, he did, undeserved <laughs> Pro Bowl, but legitimately We're number two about Nickelodeon fan yeah, MVP. Or whatever. I mean, number number two overall pick. Was the quarterback of a very good team, like not a, like for backup quarterbacks, he's probably upper echelon. But Panthers are terrible. Jets are terrible. Sorry, John. Uh, no, I don't apologize. <laughs> I've accepted it. <laughs> accepted it. Uh, I'm the, I, I will say, people are like that are like Zach Wilson's a bust. Like the guy's a rookie with no talent around him. Like you can't. No, I think he's shown enough signs so yeah. far, like for what he's had. Yeah, like, like you know, oh, he's, you can't he's, you can't count him out. He's same, rook- same with Trevor Lawrence. Like yeah. Trevor Lawrence has no, yeah. really nobody around. Kind him. of a natural segue there. Um, I think we've discussed the FC playoff picture enough. Urban Meyer. Oh my goodness! Like it feels like every other week there's some absolutely disastrous story coming from Jacksonville, and this week we actually get the privilege of having two. So um, James Robinson, their best offensive player, clearly benched after fumbling against the Rams when he was stripped by Aaron Donald. Um, it was just an superhuman play by Aaron Donald that like only Aaron Donald could make and before the game Trevor Lawrence said we need to get J-Rob out there like he needs to be on the field playing and uh, we come back with six carries for four yards on the day with J-Rob in a game where they ran the ball eight total times one carry by Carlos Hyde one carry by T-Law um, so real some real dissonance there and then there were reports that after the game Urban Meyer went and called all of his assistant coaches losers and called himself a winner and then went down the line and made them defend when they won something and, like, criticized their resumes. Like, dude, you hired these guys. 
But I I think that the Urban Meyer experiment has failed. By the way, yeah, Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions yesterday, by the way. Just that one under the radar. I know he hasn't had help. His star running back had six carries for four yards, but he, he threw four picks. He's thrown, I believe, one touchdown since the start of November. Um, yeah, so he's nine, nine tutties and 14 interceptions. Yeah, there. not developing well at all. I think you've got to get Urban out of there. I think there, I think you have to drive to Kansas City, get on down on your hands and knees, and do whatever it takes to get Eric Bieniemy to be your new head coach. Um, I don't know if he would take that job. It seems that he's kind of deferred on some head coaching opportunities to remain in one of the best coordinator gigs. But you, you got to get somebody else in the head coaching realm, man. The, the Urban Meyer thing is not working. The team clearly doesn't respect him. If you have a rookie quarterback going to the media saying this guy needs to play, so I agree with that take, Nicholas. I think that that is a uh, Trevor Trevor Lawrence made some very telling statements just by. I mean, he's a rookie quarterback, you know, 20 years old or whatever, and he's calling out the coach saying, you got to put your star running back in the game. That's a uh, it's a pretty bold thing for a rookie to say, so I think it says a lot about Urban Meyer and the control he has over his over his locker room. But the, the, the report that he asked, that the guy, the reporter asked him about some guy getting more playing time, he's like, yeah, I think he was in there uh, more today, and he didn't get one snap. It's just like <laughs> that shows he has no control over, over his 53-man roster. Come on. How do you not? know who your who your own team is putting in the game and you're making fun of the, the, the coaching staff like you're right nick like, he hired them that's that's his fault so i agree Stephen a smith had it went on some rant i think today uh saying that this should be urban myers last year in jack last year coaching the nfl in jacksonville um i kind of agree i think urban myers more of a college coach yeah i was a little surprised with all the big jobs opening up that urban didn't like try and make a mad, mad dash for the University of Southern California. Yeah, yeah. Because if they keep urban um, around for a couple more years, which I don't think will happen, and I think that has a potential to hurt Trevor Lawrence's development because it's only his rookie season. I know he hasn't had a great year, but the Jaguars don't have many good players around him. Yeah. But they do have they do have a good defense. So I think if they can get the right, I think if yeah. Urban really isn't the guy, if they can get the right coach. I feel like they can turn it around. I mean that that year where they made it to the AFC Championship has to be the most like unique, like standout, weird year for anything. And they should they should have awful, 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 and then should have gone to the Super Bowl. Should have yeah, should have gone to the Super Bowl again. if that if that play is correctly called the Miles Jack fumble recovery in New England, they probably win that game. Yeah, um, but obviously that's a long time ago now. And just, think, just I, I, I think the first sign of he, I have no idea why he's treating J. Rob like this. He was awesome last year. He was the, uh, clearly their best player last year. And if you look at the Jaguar, they they have the they traded for a first round pick near the end of the first round. If you looked at the Jaguars pre-draft, taking out quarterback because you just drafted a quarterback, what's the one position that you look at and say, okay, the Jaguars are fine, they don't need to improve? Running back. Running back. And what do you do at the end of the first draft? You take a <laughs> running back. And I, I think literally every single other position on the football field could defuse an upgrade. Yeah, and that they, was definitely a head-scratching move. Yeah, man. and uh, he's just been J-Rob's season this year. Not his fault, really, <laughs> clearly, but like it's, it's just been like – Absolutely head scratching. Uh, some of his game logs here. Yeah. Where he's just in in not Urban's on the field. first year in Jacksonville, he's had more. He's made made the news for off the field reasons more than he has wins. Yeah, I mean it's it seems literally like it's every other. Yeah, week. I, I remember in like week week three and four, we were giving him like a little bit of credit, and we were like, oh, it's his first oh, couple yeah. of games in the NFL. Like, stop let's, overreacting. Let's have this conversation again, like week thirteen, and 
here we are. <laughs> here we are. And I think Travis. I honestly think that. Oh, I think that over the season, Trevor Lawrence has honestly like regressed instead of progressed in his like ability as a quarterback. So, I don't think that's him. I think it's Myers. Like a huge part of it is Urban Meyer. Yeah, I, I know a lot of it's game script. I know you're down, but yeah. J. Rob does not have a game with more than twenty carries. Did not hit twenty carries this year. He has he hit eighteen twice, and he has games. Your your star starting running back who did not get injured in any of these games. Uh, he got injured one of the game, in three games, separate games this year. Five carries against the Texans, eight carries against the Rams, six carries against the Titans. It's wow. it's mind boggling. And like he like when they give him the football, he's been good. He's averaging almost five yards a carry. Like <laughs> dude, yeah. it's not that hard. I'm just looking at the like win point differential for every team in the NFL this season. The Falcons are minus 108 and somehow have six wins. That is insane. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, coming up to the end of the time here, but just really quickly, uh, a, t- a t- team and a story that's gone completely under the radar on the show. Nova Bible. football. What? Nova football. Oh, yeah. Nova football first. Heartbreaking end of the season. Yeah. Uh, really good San Diego State. Uh, not San Diego. Uh, South Dakota State it's team. like as far as you can get in San Diego. Oh, it is SDSU. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, South, really good South Dakota State team. Nova was the home team in the higher seed, but they were home underdogs. Played them tough. Had a lead going in the locker room, um, but ultimately South Dakota State came in with a win. Nova had a really hard time stopping the run, but uh, a really impressive season. Like in all seriousness, really impressive season for, season for Villanova football. Uh, have your first home playoff game forever, and you win it. Um, I know they're they're be losing a lot of talent. Uh, they retain a lot of talent after after the COVID year. So I don't know what the program is going to be like in the future, but hats off on a really impressive season. But uh, the team I was talking about are my beloved New York Rangers, who have slipped a little bit in the standings of late, but as of Thursday were the number one team in the National Hockey League. Uh, right now sitting at 18-6-3 after a disappointing shutout loss last night to the Predators. Um, Igor Shosturkin has played like the best goalie on earth. I know Andre Vasilevsky is a better player, but Igor has been as good or if not better than everybody. Um Chris Kreider scoring a ton of goals, proving that extension right. Uh, Alexius Lafreniere coming along kind of nice, pretty nicely. Then you still have Panarin, Zibanejad, and defending Norris Trophy winner Adam Fox. Lot of lot. I've I've talked for a while since we, we started this show freshman year, and I I've said there's young talent on this team. Give them time. Whenever we talked about them, the young talent is finally starting to play up to that level. Rangers looking great. I'm excited to watch them. Rest season, just wanted to mention them real quick. Uh, any last closing notes before we wrap up the semester, gentlemen? Uh, no, nothing that uh, comes to mind yet. Villanova, great football season. Were they seven-point underdogs? They were seven-point home underdogs. Yep. Really? I thought they were seven-point favorites. I'm pretty sure they were seven-point underdogs. Yeah, they were, they were underdogs. Oh. Well, good season. Yeah. South Dakota State is like a powerhouse. Yeah, so. in the FCS. And then I, I, we don't talk about golf a whole lot, but I know – Danny, you're a golf fan. I'm kind of a golf fan. And, and I know Tiger Woods is coming back and oh, golfing yeah, with week. his son again. Yep. That's this week. So that's definitely something I'm keeping Is his son like 14? Uh, I think he's younger. You think he's even younger? Charlie Woods? He's not in, I don't think he's in high school. He's tiny. No, yeah, he's small. I think he's, he's like. He's got a great swing. He might be like 12. <laughs> I mean, if you're Tiger's kid, you should have a great yeah. swing. Yeah. But it's, honestly, it's always yeah, good. Yeah, he's to have. 12. When when Tiger's golfing, just golf is more fun to watch in general. Yep. And like the community is kind of more closely knit. And even if. Like, he, he came out and said that he's only going to participate in, like, certain tournaments here and there instead of, like, trying to yeah. play every week, which is, I think, is perfect for him now. I mean, he's, he's over 50, and uh, his body's starting to wear down a little bit, obviously, with his the car crash that happened, like, that threw a whole wrench in the situation. But it's good that he'll be here. 
and uh, looking forward to the future. Yeah, looking forward to seeing him play. Yep. All right. Uh, Just one other thing I want yep. to say. For any, if we got any Portland Trailblazers fans out there listening, you got to trade Damian Lillard because it's just I've been saying it for a while now. You're, you're not winning anything with him. Uh, if the goal is to win a championship, I don't think you got the team around him that can that can win one, and I don't think you can win a championship in the NBA with him as your best player. I think you got to trade him. My last words would be a free Ian Book. I'm tired of watching bad quarterback play, play. for the uh, New Orleans Saints without giving Ian Book a, a real chance. I mean, you used a fourth-round pick on him. Clearly you see something, He's right? He's the most winning quarterback in their name history, which is one of the most storied programs in college football. Free Ian Book. All right. Uh, we want to thank you all, our listeners, for listening all semester. About well, PJ, thank you for joining us today. But we want to thank you all, the listeners, for listening all semester. We will be back next semester. Don't know a date or time yet. We'll, we'll update our Spotify, and then uh, WXU should disseminate a schedule as well. But uh, like we said, thank you for listening. Merry Christmas. Uh, enjoy the new year. Enjoy Christmas time. Uh, for John, for Danny, for PJ today, this is Nick. Game Time Sports, where it's always game time. We'll see you in the new year.